This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. end. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. An hour of witty banter, entertainment and Excellent football knowledge is not what you're going to get here. I was going to say then, do we have to be witty for the full hour? Because I may as well go now. No. I get about two semi-amusing jokes a week. That's about it. Semi, yeah. Yeah, semi. That's yeah. it. Uh, Mr. Johnny Seven here with Mark Mach. Four in a row, four in a row. Four in a row, yeah. Yeah, we, we ho- hopefully uh, got ourselves in a nice little groove now and can keep this going for the full season. Um, quite a bit to talk about today. Yeah, we've got obviously the, the Stoke game. Um, the split game and everything that went along with that last night got interesting there, didn't it, at Goodison? Yep. Uh, all the week's news and then looking forward to two games next week as well. So, news section is probably going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to try and keep the the, the reviews of the, of the games a little bit short as well because otherwise we can waffle on for half an hour on each and I think everyone will be switched off by then if they haven't already switched off by now. Somebody did say the other week that they liked our tactical analysis of the game. How much did you pay them for that? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was just in shock. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, our tactical an- analysis. Um, I think our predictions for the game pretty much went south within minutes. I mean, minutes of the team sheet being an- announced last week against Stoke. Yeah, I think we sat there, didn't we? And it both agreed as we were sat in the street end that we know absolutely nothing about football. Yeah, I said there is not a chance in hell we will go with three centre-backs against Stoke. You did say that. Um, and your man to watch? Was on the bench, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we both predicted that Huddersfield wouldn't have a chance in the Premier League. Uh, and they went on to... I picked Chelsea to win the to league. To be top of the league at the end of the day. Yeah, so we didn't do very well. No, um, but uh, where we started, uh, as I say, we started off with three centre-backs against Stoke. Um, strange one. Sandro and Rooney uh, started up top. Um, Klassen was in there Schneiderlin and, and Garner Gay I think this is the new Barry and McCarthy fume isn't it playing both of them at home people aren't a fan of having Garner and Schneiderlin in there but as I'm sure we'll talk about and it'll be a theme going through the podcast we look solid yeah yeah definitely yeah uh, the game itself well I think out of all the, the you know the, the confusing selections you missed the the very obvious one. Oh, the very uh, obvious one, which was... Uh, right wing back, that well-known uh, defensive player, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that. I tried to blot that from my mind, to be honest. It was weird, wasn't it? Because when the team came out, I was looking at it, I was thinking, what are we playing there? And I thought, there's no way he's playing DCL at right wing back. He must be going four four two, and Jags is right back. Yeah, well, I, 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 saw, I saw the line... I think, I think I saw the line-up first, and then I saw... Do, do, do you know the way they released the the formation lineups as well now in the pitches? I thought, no way, no way. This, that must be just a, a ploy or to dupe someone, or I don't know why you'd think it would dupe someone. But I even expected it could be Garner to play there rather than even though I've never seen them play there before. Then other than DCL, but it was just. I mean, the only the only thing I can see is that he was an outlet because the ball kept going out there to him uh, from Pickford uh, and you know he, he's, he's quite good in the air he's got a good b- little bit of pace um, Pickford loves a ping to DCL doesn't he? He does yeah he definitely does um, overall I mean for, for the it didn't really work did it? 
You know, the, the three centre backs didn't it work too well. Didn't work. Uh, Bainsey, uh for an attacking wing back, he just looked like a left back. He, he wasn't really bombing on as much as he was as a normal left back, which I, was strange. And I think that's because the side is so unbalanced at the minute, though. It's almost as if you've got a formation, but you know it's very limited to one side, and because of that, it's like the whole team. This is very hard to demonstrate without people be able to see us, but. To me, it's like as if the whole team's twisted a little bit. Yeah. And Baines has can't be fully set free because of the inability on the other side to cover. Everyone's sort of got still got another, you know, one eye on the right hand side of the pitch rather than just having both sides bombing on. Yeah, the first half um, it made us made us all realise why we missed football so much over the summer, didn't it? It was just quality end to end stuff. I'd, yeah, because I'd missed just not paying any attention to the match and just talking absolute rubbish to everyone who sits around me. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, it was. It wasn't the best first half. There wasn't really any quality up until just before uh, the end of the first half, and that was what kind of broke the deadlock. A nice little bit of uh, play from Rooney to kind of kick stuff, start uh, a move off, laid it out, and the ball ends up with Sandro. The little drag back, he lays in DCL. Bombing on from right wing back, who puts a peach of a ball in. Thought it was a touch too high, but um, Rooney um, he didn't half get up. Twelve yards out. I, I'm going to use the expression commentators always use: put it back to where it came from. I always thought if it went back to where it came from, it would have went back to DCL. Yeah, it would have it? gone back to by where Cumin sits, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't get that expression, but you know, he put it back the other way uh, on the black toast. Yeah, and um, yeah, great finish. Rose really well. Puts the Blues one up. Celebrated like a madman. He did. Well, there was almost... I've seen it described this week as a double celebration. As in, he celebrated the goal and then it sort of dawned on him. He just scored for Everton. <laughs> yeah. And it, and then, like, real emotion came out afterwards. And I can say, if you look back at it, you can see that. Yeah. It is almost like a double celebration. Well, one thing I think you missed from that goal, though, and I think it was one of the most promising things about that goal was Klassen's involvement. Klassen, the as the ball came over, Klassen made a run to the near post, which dragged two defenders away from Rooney and obviously gave Rooney the space he needed to, to get that header in. Um, but like you say, great header and a great goal. Yeah, all the still pictures that were out afterwards, Rooney's face, I just kept thinking that he's either stood on a plug or a piece of Lego. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. he didn't look like a happy face? No, I thought he looked like he was in severe pain. Right, OK. Um, but he obviously wasn't. It was uh, cries of joy uh, as we were all crying with joy in uh, down the other end in the Gladys Street. Do you think that goal now has finally put to bed any sort of, even your most, you know, stubborn of detractors to Wayne Rooney. The, you know, there might have been five percent of Blues or something who was still don't want him back. He's finished. He kissed the badge. He went to Man United. Nah, nah, nah. All that rubbish. Do you think that's it now? They're all quiet. Well, I can answer that with a categorical no, because I've seen a few things. Few people have posted on Twitter and Facebook and stuff saying about. Um, fellow behind me, uh, he jumped up and celebrate, celebrated and saw who it was and then sat back down again. And then, you know, similar shouts to that kind of thing. It's like, come on, can we just get over things now? 
But uh, it's going to take some people. Some people are never going to be happy, are they? Let's let's face it. No. Um, but you know, it puts us one nil up, and it puts us after a poor half. We go into the break with a one nil lead. Do you know? I thought it was the best player on the pitch in that first half. Come on, Dan and Fletcher. Fletcher, yeah. Thirty Allen midfield together well for Stoke. Um, he's weirdly dyed his hair blonde now. It, it, he doesn't strike me as the type of player who dyes his hair blonde. Nah, he wouldn't be bothered with hair dye. I think, no, no, he just he, he, he looks more like he'll he's just sit there with special, no special brew kind of person. Yeah. Um, Alex Ferguson is favourite ever player. <laughs> really? He used to invite him out for Sunday dinner every week. Apparently, he's a proper blue eye of Alex Ferguson. Okay, yeah, nice one. Still, tell you, pointless fact. I did. Stoke were very much Stoke of old, weren't they? Just long diagonal balls. I yeah. Tended to notice. Um, they didn't really offer much. No, they didn't. A couple. I mean, uh, what Shakiri looked okay. You know, he got on the ball, a few decent runs, didn't really get anywhere with them. Constantly looking to get his left foot wrapped around the shot, wasn't he? But just getting shown wide and, yeah. and not really posing any mega threat other than 25 yards out. Yeah. Uh, Koeman obviously wasn't impressed at, uh, at half-time as well, so he made a change. As, was, as, as wasn't anyone else. No. Um, so, uh, Williams got yoinked, didn't he? He got taken off and on, come, on came uh, Cafu. Yeah. Uh, Kuko Martina came on uh, at right-back and allowed um, DCL to move up top and I thought our shape shape looked a whole lot better we didn't play particularly much better but I thought the shape looked a lot better and it DCL gave us, it gave us more going because we went to a four at the back as well I think it definitely. gave us more uh, going forward and it it basically released Rooney Rooney dropped into sort of almost a free role didn't he he was certainly the number 10 but he was a, a bit of a sort of semi-deeper number 10 um, and he just reveled in it. Yeah, he, I mean, his vision, that's it, his vision is just still, uh, it's outstanding. Um, he might not he might not have a, you know, the engine that he used to have. That's the one, that number 10 position is the one position on the pitch where you can get away with not really running and you don't particularly need a lot of pace if you've got other pace around you really. You can just rip, pull the strings. You can use your brain. You can drop in between lines, and you can just make other people play for you. We didn't really um, push on to create much more. We we, te- we had uh, pretty much control of the game f- for the majority of it. They had a couple of ranges. Um, one particular one just before the end when uh, Shakiri picked the ball up about forty yards out, took it in 10, 15 yards. And hit a, a decent shot, shot which was uh, bound for the top corner until uh, Pickford flew across, got a strong hand on it, and um, you know to, to not have much to do, it's, you know he's got good command of his, of his box, and he, he looks to be alert at all times. Not nothing to do, ninety-four minutes or whatever, ninety-two yeah. minutes, and a good strong hand. Great save or camera save? It was. It, it looked like a great save from where it was but then you see it in slow-mo I mean it's, it's easy to judge it in slow-mo but I think with those type of efforts to get enough on it enough of a strong hand on it to make sure that it either goes wide or back uh, you know into touch um, I was discussing this save with some fans of that other team across the park this week and they were all saying it was a camera save because 
he's dived and he's used his his, his over his top hand to save it. Yeah. He claimed to know nothing about football and he clearly never used to watch Neville Southall's goalkeeping soccer skills show, did he? Because he used to say that's always the way to save. That's the correct way to save with your top hand as you come over. So. All right. So do you think uh, Jordan has been watching that? I I reckon he's well watched that. Yeah. And laughed at Michael Owen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, you know, clean sheet. Rooney is, uh, I guess, the real talking point there. Uh, comes back home and gets uh, uh, a goal on his re-debut, re-Premier League debut for the for the Blues. Second home debut. Scores the winning goal. Uh, for me, was man of the match. You know, Garner had a good game. Uh, Defence looked solid. Um, but I think Rooney purely just on a one for the the goal in the first half, but his second half performance was head and shoulders above anyone else on the pitch. So Rooney man of the match for me. Do you me, know what I said it? last week about Jagielka? Uh, I, I still rather Jagielka be in there alongside uh, alongside Keen uh, rather than Williams. And although the, he did a few of those daft Jagielka balls, which were just straight into touch, I think we just look more solid with them there. There was one in particular in the first half which just was. <laughs> An outrageous yeah. ball that went nowhere at all. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one 0 and takes us into uh, the beginning of the week, and you know, it, it, decent, decent enough start. You know, the other results in the first game of the season, uh, there were some bizarre ones, weren't there? There was some bizarre ones, nothing about yeah. So know. for us to get through with that, uh, you know, Chelsea having Kale t- sent off after ten minutes and going three 0 down. And ended up clawing it back to three two, but you know who'd have thought that? They also lost Fabregas as well, and yeah. they aimed a very strange side. Well, they got quite a few players out, but there was a young lad playing in just behind uh, Bashwai, who I'd never heard of, uh, and the bench also looks very dodgy as well. So um, I don't think all is well at Chelsea. So potentially that could be another team we might be playing at around about the right time. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully they haven't switched turns it around by then. So, uh, going into the week, we've got you know a few other happenings that go on in the first in the first couple of days of the week. But uh, you know, come round to last night, Thursday night against uh, Hydrox Split in the Europa. You were there. I wasn't, unfortunately, due to work commitments. Yeah, it's funny. Funny thing you, you mentioned before about um, hassle with the with the tickets and stuff like that, and. You know, I managed something happened with my my ticket, and I managed to get it reactivated anyway for last night's game. Um, but some other people haven't been so lucky, have they? No, this I think Everton have changed the way they do their online ticketing. I don't know if it's a new company or you know a change to the website or or whatever. I probably should do a bit of investigation and try and find out what's going on there. However, so many people at the minute seem to have problems with tickets, so. Anyone who might be listening to the podcast who you know may not be a regular attender or I might have bought a ticket online, just make sure you chase it up well in advance because people are suffering a few problems. Yeah, I saw. I, I, to be honest, I did see a couple who you know tried to get the ticket, uh, tried to tried to get through and got were knocked back at the turnstile. I think some people tried to do the things you know where like you flash your phone, fo- you just flash your phone on those scanners, and I don't think you can do that on the. The fixed scanners. I think you can only do that on the handheld ones that you see at concerts and stuff. I don't think you can do that in our turnstile ones. I didn't even ones. know you could get a ticket on your phone like that. Well, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Crazy. 
Um, unless, unless he just thought he was turning up to an Ollie Mays concert or something, and and, and uh, I don't know why Ollie Mays popped in here then. Oh, I don't, I don't know because he's he's in this charity match next week. Right. Yeah. Um, That's a tangent you've gone off on there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but what I will say is, I you know I I, I was running quite late. I, I managed to just make kick off. <laughs> it's not last, like you. No, I know. <laughs> just managed to make kick off last night. But when I was coming around uh, City Road main stand, uh, there was still queues right down the road. Uh, the Gladys Street was a little bit uh, less uh, packed, but right the way down City Road, still queues. So I think a, f- a fair few people would have missed that kickoff five past eight last night. While we're on this subject, and again we're going off on another tangent, if there's anybody from the club listening, why have you made it such a nightmare to get out the Gladys Street end? Oh, after what a pain that was! You've closed off the entrance that run down the sides of the main stand that you could, the disabled entrance that a lot of people use to get out. It's just bottlenecked the Gladys Street completely. It takes about twenty minutes to get up the ground, and then there's people coming from every direction, and you're in. You're just at a standstill, aren't you? On outside on the road. Yep. Nightmare. I mean, I was talking to people last night saying, I think you know, we we always say it'll never leave before the the, the before the final whistle. But I think you're going to have to start making some, uh, giving it toes at least to the top of the row. Before the final whistle to get out before any time uh, any time soon. So, yeah. Anyway, a few small gripes there. Uh, the the split game. The team news came out. Looked like a strong lineup. We've been crying out to for, to, to give Luckman a go. He gets a go. Morales on the other wing. Uh, Rooney clearly felt that he, he needed a bit of pace in the side. Yeah, that definitely could do some damage, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Martina starts right back, which I, I don't, what. Why isn't Holgate getting a, a getting a look here? Because obviously he thought, you know, he he wanted the crosses coming in. He wanted a bit more going forward, which is obviously what Martina gives you over Holgate. Yeah, that's all he gives you. I still think it's a bit unfair to be judging the lad at the moment. Yeah, let's give him games. He seems to to me he has improved slightly every time he's played. Okay, so Luckman came in uh, on the right wing, Morales on the left. Bainsey was captain for the day, left back. You got uh, uh, Garner and Schneidel in, in the middle, Klassen uh, just behind Rooney up top. Uh, so Sandro didn't make it, didn't make the bench. He's got a heel injury, I believe, so he was he was rested. Uh, and the game itself, loads of possession. I think uh, the, the, the stats throughout were, I mean, it was something like 68, 70, 70 possession, uh, 70 possession uh, really controlled the game loads of good sweeping long cross field passes short passing was on song as well um, and the Blues go 1-0 up Michael Keane with his first goal for Everton yeah obviously it's, it started from a corner um, ball's come in uh, Rooney's had some involvement not the best uh, clearance from the goalie uh, it, it kind of comes in towards uh Towards uh, Bainsey comes out towards Bainsey. Sorry, he lays it into Klassen, who stumbles over, but gets just enough of a toe on it to put it back into Bainsey's path, who takes it to the byline and dinks over a perfect chip. Why did I think Rooney was involved? Am I getting Rooney and Klassen mixed up? Yeah, it must be must the be, yeah. must be the air. Yeah, it must be the receiving hairline. Yeah, um, and yeah, and a good header from Michael Keane and a, a basically a, a you know a good. First goal for him, and he's off the mark. Goodison now, uh, and you know I think 
I know why I thought it was Rooney and Vogue, because Rooney was straight over celebrating with him, and them two look like they've got a really good re- uh, relationship, I yeah. think. Should translate on the pitch, shouldn't it? When they play alongside yeah, each other up top. <laughs> no, but I've seen him. I've seen him out, out of a few times now. I think they went to the Open Golf together. Uh, they were in that group of players. Um, I seen something the other day about Rooney was having a meal with him and his wife. Uh, England so, connection, possibly. Yeah, I just think maybe he just took him under his wing, as you know, which is something you would expect Wayne Rooney to do. Really, do you think he thinks he's Roy Keane? Possibly. Listen, do, do you know what I found out the other day? Go on. This is, look at, listen to this for a tenuous link. Michael Keane has got a brother who plays as well, doesn't he? Will Keane. He's still at Man United. Or he wasn't Man United. Didn't know that. But come on. He is, guess who he's married to? Colleen Rooney's his sister. Close. Adrian Heath's daughter. Right. And apparently Inchy was right in Michael Keane's ear before he signed for Everton saying, get yourself down to Everton. So. Oh, right. Nice one. <laughs> How do you even find this information? <laughs> That's, That's what I'm one, here for. Another one, you, no, another one you've just made up, is That's it? That's what I'm here for. I might not be able to tell Wayne Rooney and, <laughs> and David Class in the past, but I know that uh, I think he's just, Michael Keane's sister-in-law is Agent Heat's daughter. Right, okay, good. I'm like the OK magazine of this podcast. Yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> that was about half an hour in anyway. Uh, shortly after that, uh, it went a little bit sour when um, the otherwise good-spirited Split fans um, wanted to cause some of their own splits in Everton fans' heads. See what by, they did there. Yeah, by... They split a few chairs, and They did split a few chairs and wanted to split a few heads by throwing the chairs over to um, those well-known rowdy bunch in the park end. Well, it's just the ones who are closest to them, aren't they? Do you, have you seen all the coverage after this is about the heroic, fast-thinking steward that dragged the ball boy out the way? Yeah. That that's getting that is fake news. That's getting reported wrong. Basically, what what was about to happen here was the steward pulled pulled the ball boy back because he was about to batter all the split fans because <laughs> he's a county road ball boy. Yeah. And you don't get harder than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he was he was about to have it with. 5,000 mad Croatians and probably put them all in hospital and we know what the hospitals are like at the minute you know they don't need that extra pressure on them do they so no I mean we, we are slightly um, light hearted about it but I mean it, 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 it was a bit of a something about enough I mean I don't I, I don't know I think they just fancied what was the, the game. Point? I don't know well the, the game was going you know uh, we, we were one nil up we were controlling the game maybe I don't know, they, they just saw their asses a little bit and wanted to, you know, have their own little bit of a battle. I don't know. So they tried to invade. Maybe some, one of them just stuck two, uh, someone in the park end, maybe stuck two fingers up over at them or something what like did, that. I, see, I never understand what do they expect to happen here because even if they break through the police and say, I don't know, 200, 300 of them get through the police, it's then going to be... 300 onto thousands and thousands because everyone in the ground's not going to stand there while the park end fights out with everyone. There's going to be people running across the pitch from everywhere, isn't there? So yeah. it'd be like a scene from Game of Thrones, wouldn't it? Would they just get surrounded and swamped? Or should it, we tell people what happened? No, no, Game no, no. Thrones, or actually? it could be like the 300 and they stand strong, like this is 
Split ah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, they could go go uh, yeah go a little bit nuts. But they, they have been uh, they, you know there've been pictures of them uh, drinking in, uh, outside Lime Street Station. And you know what? They do they, look like a mean moody bunch. But they they well, I met some of them last night. They were a mean moody bunch. But you say you say that you know people say oh, they shouldn't have been allowed to drink all day in Lime Street. But that's exactly what football fans. That's exactly what Evertonians do. I mean you don't, but. What most footy fans do when they go away, they have a few drinks. You know, they go in either the town square. Town square, it's generally. A How would you stop it? The only way to stop it would be to make the city, the entire city, dry for the day. Because if you're not letting them drink in Lime Street, then what's going to stop them walking to County Road or any pub anywhere? Could it be policed better and have like a designated drinking zone? Well, you're doing away. You generally tend to find when away fans come to the city. They will stay in the city centre. So Concert Square is generally... As an Everton fan, you always know when you go away in Europe, the majority of fans tend to... There's a square designated somewhere. Every city has a square. Is that ours or is is that... No, I think that's football world. That's football in general. Because a lot of them, the European teams then, will all meet up, will all form up and will walk to the ground en masse. Yeah. Um, Because... Safety of numbers, isn't it? it? Prevents them getting had off really and getting. But it, it, see, it's it's where it tends to get a bit moody, and I was I was a victim of this in Liège many years ago. Uh, when you start, when you're not on mass, and like you know the the bus drops you off a little bit, you know, two hundred yards short of where where it should drop you off, uh, where where the escorts are or where the safety areas are, whatever, and then people, you know, they're casuals or they're whatever they are anyway. Uh, they start trying to pick people off, and you know many are aware about you know casual kind of etiquette and stuff like that. Do you want to have a Barney with other people who want to have a Barney? But then some take it into their own hands and they start trying to pick off like kids with who are there with the dads and the mums and stuff like that. Yeah, you've and got, to, you've got po- to stay. It's poor form. You've got to stay with the majority of your fans, haven't you? Because you yeah. do have that safety in numbers. Do you remember that Man United away game where we stupidly got on that train and there was me I and do. you and 10,000 United fans singing now the eight scouts and we were looking at each other sipping our jackets <laughs> off going, oh no. I don't think, I don't think we, uh, I don't think we said one word the whole journey. It was just, in fact, everything we said was like, petal afterwards. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> we suddenly became. Asda. <laughs> Asda, yeah. Um, yeah. Here you go, mate. Asda. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, if you if you are going to put designated areas, I mean, you, you you can't do a blanket ban on people drinking, can you? It, no, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's it's completely impossible. Major city centre, you know, how many drinking establishments is there? And you know, if you couldn't do it in the uh, city yeah. centre, it would the, be county football, roads. football matches in this country are extremely well policed. They are, and you know, some people may have had bad experiences at games. And he might not fully agree with that, but you ask anybody, they do. It's something they do do right in this country, uh, and there is there's very little violence compared to some places. There'll be a lot. It's going to be a lot more dangerous and moody over there than it was over there. It'll be like hostile over there, won't it? Um, I'd say what what you're saying then about generally policed. Last night it was policed very well. You know, one person tried to get through. He clocked a steward, and then after that they were contained. The referee pulled the players over to one side of the pitch. After a couple of minutes, it could have been really, really. I mean, it was, it was, it was an ugly scene, but it could have been really bad, couldn't it? If they'd have invaded the pitch, 
Uh, but you know, they reinforced the stewards. The police came along, flanked them. Uh, they 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 seemed to bring over. I'm not sure if it was a club club ambassador, uh, but someone came over from uh, the dugout, the main stand kind of area, uh, and he, he kind of remonstrating with the fans. And I think it was generally managed quite well. Whether there will be any repercussions for those fans, I don't know. I mean, what they're talking. They've got to be facing a ban, haven't they? You know, a ban potentially, potentially. Yeah. I don't think it escalated enough to warrant. I mean, I don't know what happened last night, though. Well, there was there was some skirmishes and shenanigans after the game as well. Do you think um, a few people uh, bursting out of the cordons? You know, where they were getting escorted back to the city and. And then little little crews roam around County Road and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if UEFA will take any action or whether it'll just be you know see what happens in the second leg. The ideal situation for UEFA is we go over, we get a result, and that's the end of split this year in the competition anyway. Yeah, but I mean, if we go over there now, they are going to be a little bit sore, especially I mean sour, uh, especially the ones who were over here. Uh, and they're going to be thinking, oh, you know. So, are they deliberately going to try and mess us up? You don't know, though, do you? Because, like any away support, a lot of away support, that's your hardcore fans, isn't it? Yeah. And down the front, right next to the park end, where they know there's going to be verbals going on and there's going to be, you know, acting hard and waving your arms up in the air, that's going to be your hardcore, hardcore. Yeah. So. Say if there was 200, 300 who really wanted to get in the park end, they're going to be the minority. And split it, don't get me wrong, Split's going to be a normal football club like anywhere else. It's going to have its ultras and its hardcore element, but it's going to have 15, 20,000 of just your normal fans. Yeah. It's probably split versions of me and you sat around doing a split podcast now. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so that kind of it did distract from the game a little bit. Uh, the game was halted by the referee for a little while, but then it resumed. Um, not much real trouble after that. You know the atmosphere did die off a little bit, but it did kick the Everton fans into into a little bit of song. Um, and shortly after that, uh, there was a delay. There was a delay. You know, we scored after about half an hour delay, about thirty five minutes in, and then forty four minutes in, the Blues go two 0 up. Good work from Davy Classen again, who uh, plays a ball into Rooney. Excellent vision again from Rooney. Lovely little diagonal reverse ball. Great, split two defenders, didn't yeah. he? Um, just, I mean, seeing that at the corner of his eye. Laid it through. Not quite in the path of Garner, but he, he, he pulls out a great touch from under his feet. Garner's first touch made that goal, I think. You yeah, know. and he, a little, a little, nice little calm finish, which is unusual for him because he, he, he just tends to bleem it all the time, doesn't he? Which is why he doesn't normally get... He's not getting as many goals as he should. Yeah, it was almost... Jermaine Defoe like the goal. Yeah, nice finish. Uh, you know, underneath the keeper into the far corner. Lovely. Uh, and puts his 2 0 up just before the break. And pretty much that's all she wrote <laughs> after that. It was pretty much safe, I think. It was, yeah. Um, the only real significance in the game after that, I think Schneiderlin got a bucking, didn't he? And yeah, he on, yeah. Taken off at half time. Uh, I thought he could have went for that, you know, because he, 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 he stood to a show and, and he was slightly two-footed, but uh, he was lucky not to. And I think uh, Kuman thought it's not worth a risk um, uh, if he picks up another one. So we brought Davies on for the second half. Yeah, so Davies got 45 minutes. Um, Bessich, the return of, of uh, the prodigal son. He was um, very eager, Bessich was. Very eager. Yeah. 
it was very sideways as well from what from what I saw. I was trying to watch it as best as I could and where so, you know, hiding around corners, watching it on my phone. Um so yeah, it's good just to see the lad on the pitch, is it? If nothing else. He looked um, a few people around me said he looked a bit beefy. Beefy? Yeah, like a bit heavy like. Well he Maybe that's what he needed, though. Maybe they've made a conscious effort to try and build him up muscle-wise, put a bit of meat on him, and hopefully that'll give him a bit of extra protection from injuries. Uh, so Calvert-Lewin also came on. He, uh, he he did quite well when he came on. Uh, and who was the other sub? Oh, yeah, Davies, Davies uh, came on. So, I mean, high points from the game, 2-0. Taken over another there, clean sheet. another that, clean that's sheet, be the and Pick, Pickford again. You know, some commanding his area again. You know, he was hardly in the game really, but when he when he was called upon, he made strong saves. His distribution was mostly good. I mean, one particular outstanding uh, release ball down the wing, kind of sliced it, uh, but off um, about seventy yards down to uh, like towards their far corner. Just right into uh, Calvert Lewin's path, perfect weight on it. Just dropped in front of him. Just absolutely, you know, if he can ping a few of them uh, this season, he's going to have a few assists, or he's going to kickstart a no, lot, a, a lot of moves that are going to end up resulting goals and and good chances. So brilliant, brilliant. Up to his book and a big improvement in Schneiderlin as well. Yeah, you know, probably one of probably Everton's best player in the I, first half. I think Klassen, Klassen um upped his game a little bit from the weekend. A lot more uh, contribution. Was busy. Uh, a few good runs. Uh, nice little touches. Layoffs. Um, Michael yeah. Key man of the match for me though. Yeah, and good, to, good, to, good to get off. The, yeah, do you know well, what? Well, he was played well as well. Though. I got yeah. both the centre half played well. So. Well, Luckman uh, did some really, really nice things, but then some really, really frustrating things, which is a typical Everton winger, to be honest. Well, that's gonna be that's gonna happen at that age, though, is he? Yeah. And the only way he's gonna learn from those is, is to get game time. But with that, though, you know, you know, it made me see what, why he's not getting, why he hasn't got a run where he's kind of trusting Calvert-Lewin a little bit more because he's more he does more good things than bad yeah. things and he offers a little bit more as an outlet but at that age I don't mind inconsistency from the likes of Luckman DCL but then Morales what did you think about his performance I thought he was, he offered Bainesy a lot of cover but that's not what you want from Morales I mean you want that in addition to him going forward and creating yeah. chances and there was a few where he came in from the wing and he was trying to angle for a shot didn't really get his shot away. Worked hard. That's what I'll say about his game. He's really, really upped his work rate. But it seems to be at the detriment the detriment of his actual attacking output. So You need to find that balance. You need to find the balance, definitely, yeah. Rooney I thought played really well first half, but um I think it's a lot to ask of Rooney, you know, two games every single week. I do think it's a lot to ask. I think you'll find him doing that at the start of the season till the team sort of starts to gel a little bit more, and I think you might see Rooney rested for a couple of Europa games. Well, he brought, when he brought Calvert Lewin on up top, Rooney kind of drifted out of the game a little bit, and then you know there was a, there was a, a, a point in the game where he was caught off three times, he caught offside three times in a row, like it literally within a couple of minutes, and I think his head sank a little bit after that, and he was dropping deeper to find the ball. Uh, and he just wasn't getting it as much, and he didn't have but as that's much influence. Probably a knock-on effect from tiredness, isn't it? You know yourself if you play when you're playing footy when you when you're knackered. Yeah, things do get on top of you a bit easier, don't you? And you just think, oh, you know, I can't be bothered now. But the worrying thing for me 
Uh, that's all well and good when we're 2-0 up against Split and you've got Brooke Calvert-Lewin on. Uh, where, where's another option after that? Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more in the news. But anyway, 2-0 up. No away goals conceded. Takes us over there in, uh, you know, in, in the driving seat, really. Uh, they'd, they'd have to beat us you know, 3-0 to get through. But we managed to get a, an early away goal over there. You know, I think it's chopped on. I think if we scored there, it's chopped on. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, with the defence looking quite strong. I didn't particularly strong. see anything in them. But, they know, are, they're number five, Hamza. Looks, he looked quite lively. You know, he's he, a lot of skill on the ball, um, a lot of pace, a bit of strength, a uh, nice little bit of vision. He's their main threat, I'd there say. There wasn't anyone in their side, though, who struck me as someone we couldn't deal with. No, even on his best day. No, I mean, you know, if you you got, uh, if you identify him as a threat and stick Garnagay anywhere near him, then I, I I can't see him having yeah. much influence on the game. So yeah, two games, two wins, two wins, two clean sheets. You know, uh, whilst there were a lot of shortcomings in those games, good start to the season. Definitely. Okay. But it, it gets much tougher now. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just have a little bit of Everton news coming up. There is only one place to start the Everton news, which we have done. Same place we've started the last couple of weeks, and that is the Guilty Sigurdsson saga, which... Still, still no change. Still no change. Well, there's not no change out of 45 million quid. No change out of 45 million quid. Guilty Sigurdsson, now an Everton player. Yeah, and... Um, you, didn't it, take long to sort out that, no, did it? No, it didn't. It could have. I mean, it, I thought it was going to drag on a little bit longer, to be honest. But I, I said this at the match last night. It's like, when, when things are going on... Uh, it seems to be, if it's not done within like a couple of days, then the focus shifts to, to a match. Like if you look, the week before it was Europe. Uh, the week before that was the, the, the Rosenbrock games. This this week it was the. I think they've just been ironing bits out, ironing bits out, and eventually we got to a situation after the Stoke game where they could just kind of put it together. I know we had the split game coming up, but the pieces were in place, and we finally go ahead and went ahead and did it. I honestly think that Swinsy Swinsy. Swansea were open for a bit and more to start. I think initially Everton and Leicester were clearly both in for them. Um, they both put in similar opening bids uh, and then both got rejected and that was it. Leicester's interest was done and I think Swansea were all out hoping that they'd come back in and push the prices up but Everton were there and, and because it seems bizarre to me that we had a £45 million bid rejected a couple of weeks ago and now we've had it accepted. Yeah, I mean, well... Do you think Leicester's interest died because they realised Mares isn't on yeah, his way I out? Think, he, he started playing Mahrez him again now. Mares hasn't gone anywhere. They signed that Abora, didn't he, from uh, from Spain? Uh, so yeah, I just think the plans have changed, and, and that's the reason why. Yeah. So I, I knew I'd seen somewhere that he kind of either grown up a blue or he had some association with Everton in the past, and the pictures have emerged this week of him. Uh, in a very large sweatshirt, yeah, very large one, to one on the front. Yeah, so the 2001 season, uh, the training is kit it from 100% there. him? Because I've seen pictures like there's a picture going round with the for the the red shirt at the minute where it looks like Trent Alexander Arnold is the mascot leading out Jamie Carragher, but apparently it's not even him. No, I think that, well this was he was over here and he was at a week's a week's trial with the Blues and he ended up uh, being a ball boy for a game or two and then going away um, with the side uh, for the tournament in Germany as well so right. that was 2001 so 
16 years later, he pulls on the uh, a, a different uh, shirt with different sponsor. Correct. But still, uh, at Goodison, you know. Well, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, he, he wore it last night, but it was unveiled at USM Finch Farm, and and that lovely reveal video again. Another mad reveal. A bit of Bramley Moore doc action going on. Yeah, yeah. Little these little teasers. They've really upped the game big time. Uh, so. I think the, the the news came out. Uh, did Jim White pretty much confirm it on Monday night or Tuesday night? Was it? I don't know. He's, he's got a line to Machiri, hasn't he? As old Jim White. But it didn't actually go through officially, and you know, and be paraded and stuff at the training ground until uh, later on the day after. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday night, wasn't it? Where it, it basically the fee got agreed, and then it was Wednesday as medical. And yeah. It was sort of late, latish Wednesday where the, the video came out, wasn't it? It was after tea time, really. So. Yeah, so uh, it is twenty past two now on the Friday, and the reveal, you know, the the, the press conference with Cooman and Sigurdsson is taking place at two thirty. So I'd imagine there'll be some insight into what went on in the deal and his ambition, all that kind of stuff. And he's going to probably say how made up he is to be at Evan. Yeah, he's probably going to say that he supported them ever since he was there on trial. Yeah, um, he might bring out his one-to-one sweatshirt. He should wear that. That would be boss. that would be brilliant. Yeah, it'd be like Fedor in his jumper, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> Nobody's going to know what that means. No. Um, so, what are we getting for forty-five million quid? Well, he's twenty-seven. Yeah. So we get maybe well five years. Big fee for the twenty-seven-year-old. You think? Well, you look at what uh, United pay for pay for Matic. Uh, it's like. And he's, he's 29, and he so it's a, it's a proven Premiership player in his prime, or just just even coming into his prime. These these fees aren't real fees anymore. 40 million is like you know 20 million from last year. Yeah, I'd say it, it's so so it's um so you look I'd say 20 would you pay 27 20 million for a 27 year old? Yeah, it doesn't seem unreasonable. So I think these fees are so inflated that that doesn't seem too bad. Uh, so he's born in 1989. Do you know what surprised me? That he didn't learn to read till 2005. Have you just made that up? No, he started reading at 2000. Oh, no, he started at Redden oh, in 2005. Sorry. Yeah, I need to start at Redden. And he, he started working at Iceland uh, from 1989. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, I think, where people in this country first became aware of him, wasn't it? When he, he was at Redden, he went there as a kid. Uh, a couple of loan spells out, so he's a bit like the the Jordan Pickford road to superstardom, really. Shrewsbury tra- Town, Crew Alexander. Uh, he then uh, ended up moving from Redden uh, to Hoffenheim. Right, okay. Uh, who were obviously playing uh, the Rudshite in Champions League at the minute. Um, then it was back to Swansea. Well, it was to Swansea on loan uh, before he got his first big move in English football as you say where he went for a, just under £9 million pounds to Tottenham this, was this at the spell where Tottenham were buying every midfielder though? pretty much yeah so he was one of those like he, he attacking midfielder sign him up yeah and then and he didn't get much of a look in really in his well opinion. like do, do, do you have to ration the appearances don't they for each of their 44 uh, central midfielders so yeah. he probably only got a little sniff and I think I think he was probably brought in as a replacement for Modric. Uh, Modric went in about 2012 to Madrid, I think, and, and that's when Gilfie landed. So, you know, quite big shoes to fill there, really, because Modric has gone on to be one of the best players in the world now. Uh, you know, and you, you had your Gareth Bales there at the time. So uh, he did struggle a little bit to break into the first team. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, you you look at players like that in that in that position. I suppose they had in, in that kind of midfield to attacking midfield kind of position. You, they would have had Dembele. They would have had Eriksson who came in and. I yeah, mean, and, a lot you know, of competition. Bale would have went from uh, attacking midfield to more out now forward in that time. So y- you're right, loads of competition there. Uh, and then he then moved to Swansea as part of the deal for Ben Davis. Right. right. Okay, that is quite random. Yeah, that is quite random. Since then, I mean, he's really kind of came into his own in the Premiership, oh, and his, his, his output has been consistent. Uh, he was still only 23-24 when he landed at Swansea so he was still a really young player at that point yeah. uh, and he's matured into the role and obviously become easily Swansea's best player I think that's fairly safe yeah and you know if you, if you look at uh, we mentioned them before the, the red shite if you look at their top player who's being courted by Barcelona at the moment uh, and he's been they're, they're claiming what, 120 million for him his stats last season were pretty much identical Coutinho's goals, yeah. Coutinho, I mean, yeah. So you know, I think what Sigurdsson's thirteen, possibly. I don't. I mean, he's pretty much on a par, and you're looking at a third of the potential price, and he is in the gobshite. Correct. So, and he's bringing with him uh, something which you 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 don't want the Iceland clap. I thought you were going to say his missus is fifth because she was she was shown last night quite a bit. Yeah, on the telly. I wonder why. Yeah, she's a little blondie, quite nice. Yeah. Very Icelandic looking. Yeah, not like Karikatona. No, what's Karikatona got to do with Iceland? Ah, oh, right, yeah. yeah. Mum's gone to Iceland. Um, so, we finally get our man, our uh, record sign. Do you th- think we should do the Iceland clap, by the way? Just for anyone who's listening, think, why do you suddenly talk about the Iceland clap? I put a throwaway joke on our web on our Facebook page. And people were fuming, and people started kicking off saying, "You're miserable." Uh, it was tongue in cheek what you wrote. It you? was it was tongue in cheek, but I do think it's something that probably people might want to do. But the thing with those Iceland claps is, you know, a lot of European clubs or they'll have a sort of cheerleader starting chant at the front, won't they? Someone who will be facing the crowd. And he'll be doing the clap, and everyone will keep in time. The Gladys Street end won't, won't bother doing that. I mean, the, loads of bladder lads with a North Face pulled halfway up their eyes aren't going to keep in time on claps. It's not going to happen. I mean, that it seems a little bit silly and stuff like that. But if he if he ends up being a superstar for us, why not? Who'd have thought a few years ago a song that went Ali 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 O would take off? True. And we've got a diamond called Ross Barkley, and you know these kind of songs. They've let me down so far this season. There doesn't seem to be any new songs, does there? At the minute, you know, there's nothing for classic. Guess what the song for Ke- uh, Michael Keane was last night? There's only one Michael Keane. No, think again. Um, Keno, Keno. There you go. <laughs> got it in two. Um, but you know, the fact Tom Davis hasn't got a song yet is a travesty. I think working on one. Well, yeah, it's not very good though. <laughs> One line and it's, it's brilliant. A, it's a blatant rip off from uh, the Ross Barkley song, but yeah, it has to be down to us again. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to start composing. Yeah, I don't. I, they never take hard ones. Rooney on. needs something better than Rooney. 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 There should be a whole boss song about how we left and come back, and it could be class. Yeah. Okay. Get on it, Blues. Bit of a. Let's have a bit of innovation. So we talk about the the, the 
the club record fee, 40-something million. 40, around 40 well, to 45 40 million. 40 million down and then two further instalments of two and a half. Okay, so smashes our t- transfer record, which has already been smashed twice by uh, Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane for 30 million each. Uh, before that, uh, it, would have been, it would have been Balassi for 28 million. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so class and 24 million. And the Cafu. No, oh yeah, twenty eight yeah, for the cafe yeah, as well. Yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight for the cafe. Yeah, so we. I mean, you said this before. We are actually competing. Well, I mean, we're not quite competing with the big boys, but we've kind of joined the ranks, haven't we? We're certainly right up there now. I still don't think our wage structure. You know, Liverpool's, Liverpool's record transfer fee very similar to ours. Arsenal's is only sort of. You said before it was Lacazette this summer, fifty odd. So, you know, not a massive difference from 45, let's face it. Um, and then you've got the really big spenders in United, Chelsea, City then, haven't you? And Spurs, oh, wait. Is our, I don't think Spurs, Spurs have never paid that for the player. Spurs have paid uh, a fair whack of numbers. I'm sure they paid something like £40 million for Lamella, like a season or two. That, yeah, I think that still is their record yeah. transfer, but I think that might be in the... I think that might be mid-30s, you know. I think we've now... Got a higher record transfer than. than Did you hear all this controversy, controversy last week? I think was it was it was it Danny Rose who came out and said that Spurs really need to change their wage structure if yeah. they're not getting paid enough if they're going to compete. And you know Harry Harry Kane and the, and the likes. You know he's that probably their top earner. He's 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 on you know I think a you, quarter of your Deli Alley's your your Roses. I think Kane's on a bit more now. I think Kane's touching under thousand, but I think the majority of them are on sixty seventy thousand a week, which let's face it we'd all love to win however but, but if compared you, if, to you, you you look at Danny Rose Kyle Walker there's not a massive amount of difference between them is that they're both full backs of Tottenham they're both England internationals ok you would say Kyle Walker's probably a little bit better but he's now earning three four times what Danny Rose is in but if you look I mean even if you look at Deli Alley who's you're saying he's on what 60 and 60 70 and he's a real real bright probably the best young player of the past Oh, we could probably get two hundred thousand a week or some other club. Easy. So Ross Barkley's on thirty grand a year more than him. That's ridiculous. But not if he goes to Tottenham, which is not if he does, he'll have to come down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, um, just talking talking about breaking the fees and going back to Gilfie, he will uh, inherit the number eighteen shirt, which in the same uh, earlier on in that day was vacated by one Gareth Barry. Just before we go on that, who's your favourite Everton number eighteen? Of all time. Do you want me to give you your options? You've got super. You've got the pie man, Joey Parkinson. There you go. Has already done that? Yeah. You've got David Weir. Um, Stephen Hughes. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be in the running. No. Gascoigne. No. Rooney. Lollipop Phil Neville. Or Gareth Barry. So, if you take away Stephen Hughes there, Parkinson, Weir, Gascoigne, Rooney, Neville, Barry... That's not a bad. That's a that's a good little, yeah, good yeah, little yeah. run on the eighteen shares. Yeah, that's um, I'd, I'd, I'd still probably go with Joe Parr. Yes, would I? Yeah. What a, what a legend! I'm still got his number. Parkinson. Still got his number. Ring him up now. <laughs> See if he'll come on the podcast and tell him he's won the uh, greatest number eighteen for Everton of all time. Shall right? I? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. see if he thinks Sigurdsson will be better than him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope he is. You just be like. Stop phoning me, John. I told you. <laughs> I've still got Snod's number here. Do you want me to ring Snod? Yeah. Get Snod's on. See what he was... Uh, tell him he's our greatest ever number. No, he's not. 
number three or four. Um, he's our greatest ever commentator on Toffee TV. Yeah, although uh, Graham Stewart gives him a run for his money every week. So Graham Stewart did a day walking through Birkdale Village, just randomly. Yeah, he had a he had a pair of penguin deck shoes on. Didn't look good. Right. Anyway, you've ruined my perfect transition from the number eighteen shirt. Well, uh, which Guilty Sigurdsson will be wearing was vacated earlier on in the day by one Gareth Barry. I'm trying to avoid this subject because I'm, I'm quite sore. Yeah. I am emotional. Four years he spent with the Blues, and he has been. You, you don't hear this as much anymore, uh, but he's been a model professional and he's added so much experience, offered the club so much, and he's been brilliant for us. Yeah, I, you know, I think I'm trying to think back to how I felt when we signed him, and I think I was a little bit underwhelmed. I think I completely underestimated Gareth Barry. I don't are know you why. Just, are you just going to just keep making loads of loud noises? Are you drinking that bottle of Vimto? I will do. While yeah. I'm trying to give some sort of emotional farewell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I underestimated him when he signed for us. You know, so someone who's played all them games in the Premier League and played for a club like Man City, you know, he was clearly a class player. But I think probably because he was in the era of Gerrard and Lampard, he was a little bit. He flew under the radar a little bit. Um, I think he's just, he's just not as gobby as them two. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, he's just a model pro, isn't he? You never hear anyone say a bad word about him. You never hear him moan. You never hear him complain. It's clear by this move, he just wants to go and play football. Which I'm I'm kind of sad that he hasn't got the opportunity to do that with us. But I think I think him, do you think him leaving or him being on the verge of leaving, and that big wage being off our wage bill really was the final kind of. Um, thing that pushed Sigurdsson through. No, I don't think it's got anything to do with that. I just think, you know, he, this opportunity is coming for him. Pulis has obviously saw West Brom saying, you know, we've lost Dan and Fletcher. I want some experience in my midfield. Uh, you'll be my first choice on my team sheet every single week because that's what Pulis tends to do in midfield. Um, and I think Barry knows his, his days are numbered, at the, particularly yeah. in a tough flight now. Um, and just wants to go and play, and I, 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 I'm, I'm happy. For, I am happy for him. Also yeah. for him, you know, he came up through the ranks at Villa, so it's back down to the Midlands. Uh, do you think he's got? Yeah, you know, is that, is that where he, is that where he grew up? Has he got you know family down more down that kind of way? Yeah. So, also, do you think with him going now that gives uh, James McCarthy a future at the club? I wouldn't surprise me if McCarthy still went. You know, you, you look at Bessage coming back into the fold a little bit now. Um, no, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he went. So you've got Snyderland, you've got Garner, you've got Davis, and you've got Bessett, who are all sort of city type central midfielders in a way. I know Davis is a bit different to that, but yeah, I, I think I think he'd count. I don't think he'd count Davies in, in that. But he role, can play there. But he can do. But I think he want four four players potentially could play in those two roles. No, I don't agree. I think he, I think he'd be happy with them four as out and out sort of central midfielders. Um, so, I, you know, I have Gareth Barry makes thirty-eight appearances this season. That'd be great. He's going to break that record, isn't he? And I think, what I think he'll be an unbelievable way for West Brom. Honestly, I really do. Yeah. So he's still, you know, he's given himself a new lease of life for his career there. It wouldn't surprise me if he was there playing the season this year. Yeah. So he he's going to get he's going to get at least you know two three more seasons I reckon there because you know we're I think we're very much on the up hopefully 
uh, and maybe he might not have been quite up there with us he to play there. Oh, I, yeah, I, no, I don't think he's. He, I, you know, not for the second. Do I think he didn't have the quality to still give us something and to still play for us this season? Of course he did. Um, I've seen a few people. I've seen a few people saying good riddance and stuff like that, and it's just that's, that's a real. Uh, that is ridiculous. It's it's that's, you, no real appreciation for the for the full game there. That's very much a generation of looking at five second clips on Twitter and on a loop on Instagram and stuff like that of someone show real like looking at Ross Barkley putting his hands up before scoring against over Bournemouth. All over the last four years, name me a more consistent. There was good a little spell. For Evan. There was a little bit of a spell where I think. McCarthy was out injured and I think he, he he went off the boil just a little bit for a few weeks. Um I think there was too much pressure on him uh, and we were playing too many he was playing too many games for about six weeks and then he really turned around and pulled it back out again. And you know, I, I he's been one of those great under the radar signings uh and he's really done it for us for the past four years and I, I'm gonna be sorry to see him go. And he'll be one of those players who I think will always get an outstanding re- reception when he comes back yeah. to the club. Yeah, definitely. Probably even when he does a snidey foul on Rooney as he's running through on goal, I think everyone will just laugh and go, Oh, that's Gareth Barry. That's Barry, isn't yeah. it, as he gets booked. booked yeah, yeah. Um, so, Barry on his way out. One player who uh, might not be on his way out now, but we talked about him earlier on, uh, He's looking like he might take a wage cut in order to make his way out, but he's now injured. Ross Barkley, he's got a hamstring injury. It's been a week of kicks and the balls for Ross Barkley, I think. I think Ross Barkley must be now sat at home thinking, what have I done? Yeah. He's now got a hamstring injury out for six weeks. Um, so, you know, it could scupper any sort of medical or uh, potential quick move before the transfer window. And, as you say, it was looking like Spurs were his, his main suitor and he would only offer him 70 grand a week which would have been 30 grand a week less than what Everton were offering if he'd signed the contract in the first place so I don't know I mean does this still give even more uh, scope for him to go out on loan somewhere uh, with potential you know to assess fitness and then make the move potentially I saw something before you know we, we have a little look on news now or whatever and one of the clubs that have been touted as a potential location for him Newcastle. Newcastle on loan would make sense. Newcastle are woefully short of players. Yeah. They need players at the moment. That would potentially make sense. Yeah. Also, that could give him a kick up the arse to come back and actually do a job for Everton. You know, he won't sp- play for Everton again. Well, he will not play for Everton. I, I still think that this is all... I think it's a bit of a ploy to just show him you know, he, he thinks the grass is greener oh, and stuff on, like it's that. Gone well past that point. John. I think. I think. I think he think uh, he's been uh, Cummins. He won't play for Everton while Cummins the manager. There's not. Don't know. It, it's the same. It's the same with the Costa Where situation will he play in Chelsea. Then? There's no way in the world Costa will play under Conte again. It will not happen. Costa and, is established as an international successful player who could walk into most sides in the world. Yeah, but on the, oh, look at the, the flip side of that. He could walk into the Chelsea side. He is but, more valuable to Chelsea than Ross Barkley is to Everton. He is. So, I'd rather have Costa playing than, than Ross Barkley. You know, it just won't happen. There's no way Koeman will play Barkley anymore. You can see it all over his face. He's, he's, I don't know. he's so... I think he just... 
thoroughly dislikes him because of the way he's behaved. And but I think he's young enough. Point. He's young enough to turn it around. I think he's he's you know told him he's he he's, he's available to leave. You know he, he can leave if if he's, if the, if if the interest comes in. To prove a point, the interest hasn't come in, and now it's going to be like you know what you sit there, ponder your future, sit in the reserves, do whatever, and then and then he'll come out, and then in a couple of a couple of months' time, you might say, right, I've made a mistake. I'm going to get my head down and. No chance. If he doesn't Possibly. go, if he doesn't go by the end of next week, or if he doesn't go in January, he goes on a free next year, right. and he spends a year just faffing about. All right, so and misses a World Cup. Who you you mentioned there, um, Costa Diego Costa. So apparently, Cumin uh, in, in talks last night after the game, I believe it was, uh, threw his name in the hat for Diego Costa on a potential loan move. He said he wants to buy players for the future potentially, but if a player like that came available. Such a tease. It is, isn't it? Such a tease, that. So, Costa was in the news yesterday because uh, Chelsea have asked him to come back. I think that, do you know what, though? I honestly think this is one of those links that loads of people have talked about on social media and it's just gathered a bit of momentum and then, like, the press have got hold of it so they just throw his name into the act. I don't think there's probably been any contact. I don't think there's any credence to it. Um, but... Would but I, it's from the manager's mouth now, though. Yeah, because he's been, yeah because he's been asked a direct question. Would you would you contemplate taking Diego Costa on loan? Of course, he's going to say yeah. He's not going to go now, is he? Is that what he was asked though? He was asked something about you know he might. I don't know. I don't know the word of it. But the thing is, it's out there now, and it, it's it's like the law of attraction. Have you seen the size of Diego Costa at the minute? I don't care. Sat on a beach in Brazil, just eating burgers every day. Don't care. No, I don't care either. The thing is, right? I'd be, I'd be well I over. Can, there. I can understand people saying it would, you know, upset the harmony in the squad and stuff like that. But you think about it from Costa's point of view. He's like, all right, he's a narc or whatever. But you get a text man, a message off your off your manager saying you're no longer in the club, club club's fans and they're going to sell you. You know, how are you meant to take that? What an ego! You know, he's been Chelsea's top scorer for you know the past two, three seasons. I think he's a bit of an ego maniac, Costa. Though he does like to be the centre of attention. I know. Apparently, he's always like that in the dressing room. He's always like playing jokes, and he, because he likes to be the centre of attention. But, but he's successful. Oh, and listen, even if you said to him you can have him for ten games, I'd be like, fine, give him a million quid. I don't care. Brilliant. So he's he's said that. There's only one place for him, and that's Atletico Madrid. And it, but the thing is, they can't sign anyone. They're on this transfer embargo, so yeah. Uh, so it, it, that is not a move I that think, is possible I right think now. He would have a whale of a time at Everton, and he'd love it. He's that uh, he likes Atletico Madrid because it's that sort of very. They're like the top underdog club. I know they're yeah. a big. Don't get me wrong. It's, but it's in the shadow of, that, but then the shadow of two clubs there. They're punching above the weight every single season. You know, Simeone's a, a bit of a nutter. Uh, they like to they like to upset the apple cart, and Everton are a bit like that as well. And I, you know, I just think I think he'd have a way. I think he'd probably fall in love with Everton, to be honest as well. Yeah, bit of a um, bit of a bit of a nasty head, but he'd be a nasty head oh, who you'd like in your side rather than play against. Well, I like him even when he's playing against. I, I, Proper yeah. wind up merchants. Yeah. Plus, he's he's very I, much that type of player that we need an up top kind of player. Which we haven't got. Oh, I think he'd be awesome. I think he'd be the ultimate player we could sign at the minute. I don't think it'll happen. No. Uh, but I think pretty much that would be as good as it would get for Everton for the signing. Um, so when, when's their ban till? Is it January? 
I think Atletico can buy from January, yeah. So if we could, if you got him on a loan until January, get some points on the board, and then you know the, he, he the gets, the, option, get, the, gets the Everton option would be for now Atletico to sign him and we loan him from Atletico. I don't think they can. I don't even think they can put the paperwork through. Can no, they? they can. Yeah, they just can't play him. Barcelona did it the other year. They signed a couple of players and then just weren't able to play them. So, but I, I but he'd have to come. They couldn't loan him out to us because they they can't Chelsea sign players in and out. Chelsea probably wouldn't loan him to us because potentially we're the top six. Hold on, Chelsea have just sold Matic to United. Yeah, I know, but yeah, but that was apparently that was like a favour to Matic because. The service he's given them and and blah blah, and he's done everything the right way. They're not going to give that to Costa now because he's caused them, you know, a bit of embarrassment and problems. I, you know, ideally, if Atletico, if Atletico signed them, say Atletico paid, I don't know, whatever, say thirty million, right? And then we said, can we have them off you for the full season, and we'll give you five or six million for that season. Right, perfect. Keep, keep him fit. Yeah. Perfect scenario. Um, and he's he's still only twenty six, twenty seven, isn't he? Even though he looks about forty. Yeah. But I don't think it'll happen. No, I don't. I don't think. I've seen a few blues that you know come on and say, "Why would you want him? He's horrible. He's the he's the he's like the devil incarnate." And against you. To me though, to me, he's one of them players. He's, he's a winner. He's not like a Suarez. He no. doesn't go around like full on biting people he just plays right to the very limit yeah right to the limit almost in, uh, like a big dunk kind of I think he's only ever been sent off once hasn't he and that was against us a few times no he has it's one Premier League he's only ever been sent off once in the Premier League against Devon is that right yeah so and he's, and he's married to age and eats sisters <laughs> no, I made that bit up so you know, he's a potential option, but he's not likely. Another one who is an, another potential op- option from a, from a similarly placed club, Giroud. I think that's dead in the water now. It's gone quiet. I don't and he's, know. Well, he scored the winner last week for Arsenal as a but as and a sub. Another winner, yeah. But uh, but the crowd reaction to him was just unreal. It went off there. Yeah. Um, he's loved. It's gone quiet. Not heard anything. Honestly, I haven't. Yeah, so I mean, you look I think at that'll go down to deadline. that will go down to the line day. It'll depend if Arsenal bring anyone in, if anyone leaves Arsenal. Um, that'll be a, if we do get them, that'll be a deadline day. We could get Costa and you do what you <laughs> That'd be amazing. Imagine that you know they're putting they're just putting a few a few little uh, tentative feelers out there, and both of them keep going. Oh yeah, well, what? and then the discussions keep going on little bit by little bit, and then it's potential. Right, you've got to choose one or the other, and they just go. Ah, we'll have both of you. <laughs> you know, so like, just in case I, one falls through, I'd love to see us go after Julian Draxler as well from PSG. PSG don't want him anymore. I think he give you you know sort of the left hand side attack. And well, who's who's, who's going to? Uh, you know where he's going to end up then, don't you? Well, you don't know. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Liverpool, Nathan Redmond. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've put in our notes here, like, you know, Giroud doesn't look likely. Who would you like? So you'd like Draxler? I I'd, I would. It, you know, it's getting crowded for the tackle midfielders at Everton. I, I will say that. I'd, I'd like to see us, you know, go for a player of his ilk. I think he'd give you a bit of a different option going forward. He could certainly fill that sort of problem left-hand side attacking uh, area. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, Costa, I w- as I say, would probably be the ultimate, but 
I can't see that happening. But I think Giroud would be a very close second for me for, for what he would give us and what he'd give the team. Um, I, I'm struggling any, really any, for anybody else just because of... I, I think we're looking for real quality and there's not that much real quality out there who you would think we potentially would be would be able to get hold of at this point. We still do need a, a bit of cover there at, at left centre-back. Um, but, you know... When you're talking of Johnny Evans going to Man City for 25 million quid, even that's a bit crazy at the minute, isn't it? So it's, it, you just look around thinking, who could we get hold of? Yeah, I want. I want to. I mean, the, the name is going to be the most unfashionable name and a ridiculous name. Don't so, say Andy Carroll. No, no, no. But I, at the moment, I think we need to sign players on a number of levels. We need someone. We need two or three to come in and strengthen. Is a bunch of Gunchev? No. Uh, come in and strengthen the first eleven. Then we need someone to come in and be able to do a decent job, the likes of your Aaron Lennons and players like that. And I, I know you're going to hate this um, because uh, just because of the very nature of them. But someone like Snodgrass, who, who as as a kind of reserve player, you know, he's he's available from West Ham now. He hasn't exactly set the world alight at West Ham, but he's a decent enough player as a squad player. Do we need a few players like that? I've seen him on our days where he's a really good player. However, to me, he's a Morales. Yeah, but I, is, I'm, he, is he a Lennon? Not even a. Is he a Lennon? No, he doesn't. He hasn't got the work rate of Lennon. You know. But you know what I mean. Player... I think I, I just think we've moved on from that now. I think two seasons ago, whatever, you'd have happily had a Snodgrass. You, you would have, but. I just don't think that's that's the level we're at now. If if we want to push on, yeah, I don't mean I don't. I, if you can't get a game at West Ham, why would you get a game at Evan? I know. See, that's that's that, that's the that's the point. I'm, See, if I'm I was just... looking at a player from West Ham, I wouldn't be looking at Snodgrass. I'd be looking at trying to get like Antonio off them. Hmm. I'm just thinking, right? Not all, not all players can be top of the shop, like come in and set set your, your club alight straight away. Then you do need some kind of a bit par players in there as well, and I don't think. I mean, I think Klassen might end up being like that, for, but that's £24 million for a bit part player. I think we need to go out there and spend 4 or £5 million on some players who can come in and uh, come in when they're needed. And they may, maybe knock off the egos. Doesn't that just close the doors for some younger players coming through? Is that not counterproductive in a way where then younger players think, but the, does it, the, how am I getting in here? If you're, if you're, a, you know, if you're a, for instance, a Luckman, yeah, and then they suddenly sign Snodgrass, and you're thinking... Am I now behind him? But do you need, I think we need both, though. I mean, and it's a good point. You mentioned this before. You wanted to mention this, and I, I've not really followed this that much. The under-23s... Yeah, the under-23s played midweek in the, 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 this revamped... Uh, I think it, it was the, the Football League trophy, I think it used to be called. And it's basically for, you know, a cup competition for the lower league sides, isn't it? You know, your League One teams uh, and below. Um, and, but what they've done this year to revamp it a little bit is they've allowed under twenty three sides to enter as well. Can so, he still have an overage player in the under in, in those sides? I think he, yeah, you can because Luke Garber played. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can only have one or if you can have three or whatever the rules are of the competition. But you have Nias in there. Um, did Nias play? No, I don't think he did. No, he didn't. Um. But basically how it works now is there's a little bit of like a like a group stagey thing going on and we played Notts County midweek. Uh it were, you know, a decent league one side I suppose. Uh and we got P two one. So T 
to me, that sort of shows the as much as how successful the under twenty three side has. You know, winning the league last season. Quite a few of the players going on to have a bit of World Cup glory or international glory through the summer. And a lot of people then are crying out saying, these lads should be our first team, they should be in the first team. They're struggling against Notts County. So I think it just shows the general, what what the level is. They're well, probably equivalent to League One players at the minute. Yeah, I th- well I think you, you kind of know that by, by who, who the players go out to, on loan to, don't of course, you? Of course, um, The likes of Dal going on loan to Forrest and stuff, he's not... You know, if he, if, he's looking, he's looking like a steal for them at the minute. But if he, if, them if he was, you know, on the verge of Everton first team, then he wouldn't go on loan to Forest. He'd go on loan to someone like I, I don't know, one of the promoted clubs like Brighton or Huddersfield. Yeah, or sometimes that's not the best move, is it? Because you can go to Brighton and you can then be on their their bench. But that's, but, that's but, if, but if he's on the verge of our team, yeah. But if he's not making our bench. Yeah. For instance, he do, he wouldn't make our bench. No, that's what I'm saying. But the, 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 the perception the perception of him is like he should be able to come in and do a job for us. Like Kenny, people think Kenny I can think come he in. Could and, come in and do, I think he could come in and do a job for us. Yeah. But the idea at his age is to get him playing time and to get him to that next level where he's doing more than a job. He's doing a very yeah. good job yeah. on a weekly basis. Um. So that's 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 what I mean. You know, these young lads, they need they, they still need time. They need experience. And I think play, you know, playing proper decent sides like this, you know, proper professional working teams with with men in it, you know, I think those kind of uh, going to play in like lower leagues and stuff like that really toughens your the course, young players as well. So it's cliched, but it does. Yeah. Uh, so one final little bit of news. Uh, would you, would you take out cliche on a free? Yeah, of course. Why has no one picked him up? Wait, I mean, Unless someone has and I haven't heard of it, but I, I think wages sh- maybe I don't know. It must be, but if you get if you get no cover at left back by deadline day, I'd, I'd offer them a little seventy grand a week. Eh? There's no real downside to it, I guess. No. Uh, except as you say, you, you might stop like the, the emergence of a, a youngster coming through. But we haven't really got a left side no, of youngster no. coming through, have we? No. So I think it's a win-win. All right. Uh, so one last bit of news, uh, which will every- make everyone go. Ah, uh, uh, Colleen Rooney is being all over social media and uh, put an announcement out that they are expecting uh, baby Rooney number four. So yes. congratulations! Yeah. Nice one, Wayne. Nice one, Wayne. Scoring all over the place at yeah. the minute, isn't he? Doing the biz back of the net. Um, w- will it be another future Everton? We've already signed Kai, haven't we? Kai's at the at the academy. Yeah. Wasn't he? Wasn't he at the United Academy? And then we kind of. I, don't know. I, th- I think he was when he was a younger, younger. And, uh, well, hopefully, uh, another future Everton legend uh, in in the works there. Do you think because he likes names being a K, he might call this kid Kevin after Kevin Kilban? Possibly, yeah. Zinedine Kilban, Kilban, yeah. Uh, any more news to add, Mark? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, so we'll do our reconvening, and I'll have a proper big slurp of that Vimto that you told me off for drinking before. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with a look at the upcoming games against um, City and Hayduck Split. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. I'm going to start off looking at the upcoming game 
at uh, at City on Monday night, Monday night football. Yeah, obviously this is the first time we've got that Europa League hangover, isn't it? So we don't play at the weekend. Uh, and in a way, it's also because we've played at home, like it sort of helps us out quite a bit, doesn't it? Because there was no real travelling involved. You know, potentially you could have played Sunday without any real issue. Uh, but we've got quite a long layover up to Monday night. Yeah, but the knock-on effect from that is after Monday night, then we've got to go away to a hostile... Uh, uh, split game and um, a game where we're looking fairly comfortable now. Hopefully, yeah. I think I'd rather have it that way round than the other way. Yeah. So this one, uh, City. I mean, we we know all about City. You know, been one of the top sides of the last couple of years. They started off the season pretty well. You know, two nil uh, winners. Uh, they didn't look amazing though, did they? Um, well, I think you know we were playing Brighton, and I think everybody expected it some sort of cricket score didn't he but Brighton came and they were they were compact uh, difficult to beat and I think City took a bit of time to get in the game once again it showed how little we know about football because I think we were having an argument last week about top scorers and would it be Jesus would he get games because of Aguero unfortunately for Evan it looks like they're going to be playing both of them Yeah, uh, which is ominous yeah Aguero I mean, how can anyone look past him? And we we did ourselves. We looked past him. He's just, I mean, he, he did fluff one really good chance, but he, he's just he's such a player, isn't he? He is. He is. I, I said last week he's one of the few genuine world class players in the league. So again, why do we look past him? Well, we look past him because of Jesus, who is a young pretender to being a genuinely world class player as well. Um, a big season for the the young lad this season to see how he how he gets on. Uh, so um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, City going forward are just a different class, aren't they? They really are. Yeah. So it's really the big talking point. though is what do you think of David Silva's hair? I can't even remember what it looked like. What what it looks like now? Or he's got a skinner now. He's oh, proper bicty. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, he's, 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 he looks. I can remember his old do. Yeah, he looks completely different. Does he look hard? He looks hard there. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I don't know, I'll miss that. Um, Duffy, defence for Brighton. Yeah, a yeah. little blast from the past there. Um, he's just signed a, I think he's just signed a new deal as well there. So. We don't Good need to him. worry about Shane Duffy though, because we're playing Man City. No, I know, but I'm just, just, just you know, his name, he, he popped up uh, there, back in the Premier League again. So, uh, well, well done to him. Um Obviously, though, we, they've got a wealth of attack and talent there at, the, at City. You know, you, you've got your likes of uh, De Bruyne, um, another class player. You've, you know, Sterling can't even get a sniff at the minute. Sane, who I really rate, I thought was one of the best young players in the league last year, particularly at the back end of the season. Thought he was brilliant, pace electric. He was only on the bench last last week. Um, I had him in the fancy football team as well, which was a bit annoying. Um, I'll probably take him off this week because you're playing against Everton. So, you know, it's difficult. City are one of them sides, I think, that are difficult to predict what the lineup will be because they can, they can just change players at will. Well, they've, got, they've probably got two starting elevens, haven't they? Let's face it. Of course, they and have. more. Yeah, of course they have. Um, Bernardo Silva, who they pay big money for in the summer, uh, sitting in the middle of midfield. Uh, Gundogan's back now as well from injury. Spends 150 million defence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Torre, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, I was saying, I was discussing this game with somebody a couple of days ago and he was saying, what do you think, how will you get on at City? I was like, 
the thing that sticks out to me at the moment is we look really solid. So the, we could go there and keep as daft as this sounds because we've just talked about all them attacking players. We could go there. We could set up, and I potentially we could keep a clean sheet. We really could. The problem we've got is I don't see how we would then hurt them on the counter attack, which is what we would have to try and play yeah. to if we want to go and get three points. Um, Rooney will be up for it. He will be up, but he can't run sixty yards on a counter, can he? Full pace and no. you know dribble around someone and 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 stick sticking away. I don't think he's got the legs for that anymore. Um, so you know. <laughs> Potentially, we could, it could be a nil-nil, or we could get be five-nil. I, I, it's difficult, isn't it? I don't know what side. You, would you go with Luckman again for a bit of pace, maybe to on the break? Do you think? Well, no, I can't see that. I definitely can't see that. If you look at uh, the way we've kind of lined up, and there have been cracks. You know, most of the most of the opportunities that sides have had against us. I know it's only been you know a couple of games in have been ranges, some long-range efforts. Um, and City I've got people who can bang them so from you know 20-30 yards so even if we do restrict City to you know not creating many chances they can pull out a worldie uh, from you know any number of players so that's going to be difficult we're going to have to close them down we can't let them have any 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 of those uh, any of those opportunities to get the ball no giving away free kicks on the edge of the box or even 20-30 yards out uh, we just need to we need to be strong disciplined I, I, I can't see you know as I mentioned last night think it three centre halves uh, no because that's, that's, that's such an attacking formation I it, think it might be a four and I think it might be it might be a Mason Hallgate at right back I, I think it's, it's got to be I, I can't, a bit more defensively and then if he does need to come across and cover yeah. particularly centre half he's, he's better equipped to do that and then I can see I can see it potentially looking like a four-three-three, maybe a four with Mason Holgate right back, and then a three of which I think it'll upset a few Blues, Davis, Snyder, oh, yeah, and Gay, I, I, and then I definitely if, go with that. Yeah, if Mason has to come in, Tommy D can drop onto the right, the right full-back position, and or right wing-back, which whichever way you want to look at it, um, and then your three forward players being whoever, will it be two in Sigurdsson maybe on the bench? I think he will be on the bench. I don't think you know yeah. on the 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 early press conference, the one from last night, where he was asked about Sigurdsson, Kuman said that he uh, said he needs some uh, yeah. fitness. I think you might see Rooney, Klassen, and DCL because DCL has got legs, and DCL could be that outlet that they need if they're under pressure. So I think he'll start with that. I don't know what the update is on Sandro's. Uh, Injury at the moment. Whether he's going to make. I can't. I can't see it in the one. In the one. Uh, in the couple of games we've seen of, of them so far, I think Sandro and Rooney want to occupy the same space too much. I don't think Sandro will start either way, whether he's fit or yeah. not. But I think he'll, he could certainly be on the bench. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see DCL up top, uh, Rooney and Klassen behind, and then that three that we discussed. He's going to go with Williams. Uh, Williams alongside Keane. I don't know. Is the answer? I think that's open. I thought Williams played well last night, but I thought Jagielka played well the other day. So either or, either or, he will probably get it completely wrong, and he'll probably go three at the back and super attacking players. Um, so the the thing is at the moment, I think it's come at a good time because generally, if you said to me going away to City, would you take a point? I'd say, yeah, I'd take a point now. 
at the minute, I don't think I would take a point because it's so early in the season. Because we've got off to a good start, three points. Ninety percent of me thinks, ah, let's just, what, what we got to lose? Let's just go and have a go. Okay, so what would your prediction be? I'm gonna go. I think we'll. I think we might be under the cosh for long periods of the game. I can see us having to really perform well. I think this could be a game where Pickford could shine, absolutely shine. Um, we man to watch for them. I'm gonna go Bernardo Silva. I think he really pulls the strings central midfield. Um, he could be the one that could play that little pass through. You know that could split us open. He had a great season at Monaco last year, that Champions League run. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be positive and go one-one. I think we can, you know, I fancy, I fancy us to maybe get a goal. Okay. What I will say about you know playing like splitting defense, uh, splitting the defense with the through ball. What I noticed about Pickford in his in his uh, his, his brief spell at Everton so far is how alert he is with with the likes of through balls and stuff like that. Sweeper yeah. keeper. He's he's just so on it all the time, so focused all the time. But these are a different level of players. Oh yeah, of course. These are, there's a different level of pace, quickness, awareness, anticipation with these City players. So sometimes that sweeper keeper may go wrong, and he might get, you know, someone might nip around him. Okay. You never yeah. know, but yeah, you know, I, it's it's a very hard. It's just a super hard game to to predict. I think because, uh, you know. The, the general consensus will be that we'll get beat. Yeah, of course. We're certainly we'll, not favourites for the game, let's face it. But we, we, at some point, if, we're, if we want to be taken seriously, we need to 100% be going to these places and, you know, d- dispel all the stuff about, you know, David Moyes going and bottling at big, big clubs. Roberto never really did much to change that. We yeah. now need to be going and, it, you know, we can't be looking at these games as 100%, you know, a guaranteed loss every single time and then you know, the way we look at them and then, Come, come away with a point now and then, and treat that as a, as a, as a um, as a big win for us. We need to start being uh, being able to go to these clubs and take it to them. I'm sure Cuban and his team at the moment I just don't as well. Right there, yeah, sorry. Are, are looking at looking at the games coming up, and they're probably looking at Chelsea is the more likely way we can get something because there's a bit of chaos going on at Chelsea at the moment. Is there? Well, it is. Conte is clearly not particularly happy. The Costa thing is just, I don't know, you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You've got him, you've got Conte naming players with no experience probably is a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, two fingers to the board and Abramovich saying, I need players. Um, they've got injury problems, they've got suspensions. So, I just, you know, I just think... To me, looking at it, if you said to me which is the easier of the two games at the minute, City or Chelsea, I'd say Chelsea. Chelsea on the back of the split away leg, though. I'd st- yeah, I'd still say Chelsea. Okay, talking about that split away leg, uh, so that's going to be coming up on Thursday night, so quite a quick turnaround from Monday. Uh, obviously, it's very, very difficult, as we mentioned before, to be able to predict a game so far away, especially when another game is before it. Uh, but, Realistically, I think we just need to go there, be compact, and ha- have a good counter attack option there. And a hundred, again, a hundred nick a goal, yeah, nick a goal, put the side to bed. It's going to be extremely hostile. You know, I think some of our players won't have seen. 
not so much an atmosphere. Well, yeah, an atmosphere like it. You know, there'll be flares going off everywhere. There'll be smoke. What, in the seventies. What in the seventies? The seventies what? Flares. Shut up. <laughs> um, do you know? It's it's going to be intense. I think. I thought it was going to so, be in a stadium. Shut up. <laughs> it's getting on an hour and a half. I'm, I'm getting delirious now. So I think you know. Will he go with experienced heads or will he? I, as you said, Mix. they they have got to have a go now. Their yeah. crowd are going to be right up for it. The two 0 down. They've got nothing to lose. They're going to have to go. At, so it screams counter attack, doesn't it? So, so you would expect Luckman. Expect Luckman, Calvert Lewin, maybe Morales. Morales again, mix yeah. of mix of experience yeah. and flair, stroke pace as an outlet. Yeah. You know, Morales, someone who's played in in you know he's played in in. Uh, Greece hasn't he so he will have some sort of experience of you do get big derbies there don't you like it and hostile uh, atmospheres of places like Olympiacos and, and places like that so he, he'll have seen all that before and he could you know I think Morales will be a certain starter on next Thursday um, Rooney will probably start again just because of the experienced head or someone like maybe if, if he could you see play... Sigurdsson making his debut in no that? definitely not I mean, not not as a starter, no. Um, but I, I I think potentially he might play in that. But what about um, because you're going to get free kicks and things? I guess so. You, you think about uh, Gay and Schneiderlin again, or can you see Bessage being thrown in the mix there? Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, it's it, hard to predict now. It is you don't really know, You don't know players going to pick up knocks against City. Uh, you know, you don't know someone will have a worldie, for instance. Uh, I don't know. It might be someone else coming to the club. Potentially, he might make. It, he might use a couple of the fringe players for City, perhaps, and want to go full strength at, at split. It, 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 it's difficult to predict, particularly at this stage of the season. It's just. I mean, as as we've already mentioned a few times, it's just up up top that I'm, I'm, I think we're, we're just still very thin on options, especially if Sandro, if he doesn't shake this knock for Monday, and it go if it drags into the Thursday game, you know the options are up top, Rooney and. Calvert-Lewin. Of course they are, yeah, unless we sign someone. Unless we sign someone to push them, yeah. I can see us scoring out there. I think we'll get through. Um, you know, If we don't, it'll be a travesty, wouldn't it? Of course it would. We've got to be yeah. a set to be in the next. Uh, yeah, I am fairly you know, fairly confident, well, very confident, in fact, oh, okay. uh, that we go through without too many problems on the pitch. Yeah. Hopefully... You know, we're going to record before the game next week and then I'm going to finish off with a little bit of review of the game um, or f- when when the draw is made on Friday. Hopefully we'll be in it. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, it's something to look forward to. Any blues going out there, though, just keep safe as best as you can. Uh, we always take a, you know, a great away following, particularly across Europe. Uh, I'm sure we will do this time, but this one's going to be hidden. most. Most of the time, it's you know we go on the away trips and the European trips. It, it's generally it, it's it, we want it to be good natured. We, we sit there, we just want to drink. We have a little bit of a sing song. There is one, one or two times it does get a little bit hairy, doesn't it? But it's um, I can see them starting the trouble. Though. But don't you think? And now we'll get the blame for it. I don't. That's know. the problem, isn't it? My worry is now they come over and they act like they did. Don't you think a few fans will be looking to go over there and like with a bit of an equalised score to settle kind of thing? I'm, no, I'm not hearing any stories of you know Everton fans in particular getting picked off or any yeah. really bad. You know, someone had, for instance, had 
it was all over the news that someone had got stabbed in the city centre last night or something. I think then there'd be people going over looking for revenge. Yeah. But you'd have to be fairly mad to go over there and look for a fight, I think. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, brings us to the end of a another fun-filled podcast. Anything to add? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that's a hat trick of shut ups from you uh, ok so I, I just want to say thank you as always for those people who join us on Podbean and iTunes I discovered last week that we are already on Android platforms uh, Android podcast platforms so you've waffled on about this for no reason whatsoever well because I haven't actively gone out there to, to put it on there you know I've put, put us on iTunes and that but I think we, we are on a number of them so do we really want to associate with the type of low-level people that have Android phones. Well, I don't know. Those uh, out-of-the-box Samsung uh, Edge, S- the, the S8s look pretty good. Pretty... Uh, iPhone for life, me. iPhone, so. yeah, me too. Um, so, continues to spread the word for us. We're, we're building our listenership back up. Is that a word? I think so, yeah. Listenership. Viewership is a Viewership's word. Viewership's a word, yeah, so listenership. Yeah, we're experimenting with different avenues. We, you know, we, we put a, a little taster on, out on YouTube last week. We uh, put getting back into the social media mix. The page is a lot more active. Twitter's a lot more active, and I've re- resurrected the Instagram. Uh, so not better, just better on Instagram. I, uh, you got the, the ads for the other Can things. We put last some week. pictures of Gilfie Sigerton's wife on Instagram. Uh, That's got to be a rating to grab it. <laughs> that will be, yeah. Just for the easy shares and reposts. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So, as I say, thanks as always, and hopefully next week. I mean, if we're talking to you next week in the same situation with uh, still to be uh, beaten and still not conceded, then I will be more than happy. I agree. Can we, before we finish, can we tell everyone I can go in the league? No, no, no. Right, so... <laughs>